You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today, we have Stacy Maltman on with us from the Malton Medical Center. Stacy, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you. So can you give us a little overview about you? What kind of nurse are you? And, and tell us about your nursing career. Sure. I started out with an associate's degree in 2003 and worked for quite some time on a cardiac step-down unit and then did some travel nursing as well and worked in the ER and ICU and decided to continue my education to get my bachelor's degree with the ultimate goal of getting my family nurse practitioners, which is a master's nursing degree. So throughout the the span between 2003 until 2015, I was working full-time as a nurse and supporting a family, as well as chipping away at that education to get that final degree. And I received that in 2015. And I'm current. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I opened the practice, uh, Maltman Medical Center, in late 2016. I started out at a couple of small uh, family practices here in Knoxville, Tennessee, doing family medicine. And I, I fell in love with it and thought that it would be nice to have my own clinic so that I could further patient care the way I, I see best fit. So all, all encompassing. Well, let me ask you this because I mean, it's, I, you know, I, I love people that go out and start their own business, but like, what was it that you weren't getting from like working from some of these small practices uh, that you felt like, you know, you should go out and start your own? Okay. Um, Well, you know, I don't want to say anything negative about other providers I will just kind of give a general blanket as I was seeing things that were done incorrectly and, you know, state protocols you you have to follow. Um, being a nurse practitioner we ha- in the state of Tennessee, we have to have an overseeing medical doctor. And um, there wasn't much, you know, I couldn't get much information from the overseeing where I was. I didn't have much of a, a, you know, a callback system with them, much support. So that that's a kind of consensus as why I thought that, you know, I could provide better patient care under, you know, my own roof and have a supervising physician who's available for questions and consultation in order to provide, you know, excellent patient care. Um, and in Tennessee, like you said, you don't have the independent practice. So was it hard for you to find a physician to work with you? Initially it was, and you know, it's always boils down to who do you know? (laughs) So (laughs) I called on some colleagues and, you know, I had a couple set up and they fell through. And then I ended up through a colleague I had worked with as a nurse practitioner, uh, Dr. Cliff Davidson, uh, got the connection with Susan Reyes, which is she's a medical doctor, internal medicine. And we met and hit it off and 
So she's our supervising physician here at, at Maltman Medical. And it, it was difficult at first. And there were definitely red tape you had to go through, but we eventually, you know, I had the building, the lease, doing the, the build out and didn't have a supervising. So I couldn't, couldn't even see a patient until then. So there are challenges for sure. Yeah, that's like real belief in yourself that you know it'll all work out. You don't know how, but um, were you getting any like pushback? Were some of the docs like, you know, why are you doing this? Or well, I think most of it, you know, several wanted to do it, but they wanted to charge me, you know, two and three thousand dollars a month to sign off on twenty percent of my charts, and they're not even present in the building. So I just don't see the value in that, you know, especially as a startup practice, that that's a huge cost. And it, it's just something that I couldn't afford at the time. And then coming across Dr. Reyes, she is very reasonable. She supports nurse practitioners. Her practice itself um, is supported by nurse practitioners as well. She's very pro nurse practitioner. So so she didn't feel any kind of like threat from you opening your business? She did not. Um, you know, she does internal medicine and a lot of senior care. Um, so I, I see patients across the lifespan from birth to 99 and do women's health care as well. So, you know, there's, it's a big pond. There are a lot of fish, it, you know, it's healthy competition, I believe is what she called it. Like mentioning how CVS is on one corner and then Walgreens is right next door. So that's how <laughs> she phrased it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I see that you do pediatrics, family medicine, women's health, but you also do weight loss in this vivid troll treatment. Can you talk about those? Sure. Um, the weight loss program that we have, it's really built around changing your eating habits and moving around more. And we will utilize medications initially to kind of jumpstart that weight loss. And it can vary from, you know, prescription pills or injections to uh, compounded medications like the lipotropic injections that promote fat burning and energy, that sort of thing. But we really hone in on the educational portion where it, it allows the patient time to take the medication, get them on a jump start, but allows them time to adjust their eating habits, meal planning and exercise level. Okay. And, and the, I'm sorry, um, go ahead. The uh, Vivitrol is a injection that's given once a month, and we have a separate suite in our office building for that. It's for addiction recovery for alcoholics and opiate addiction. And like I said, it's administered once a month. It's a non-narcotic, non-habit-forming non injection. So... Um, it's compared to Suboxone or Methadone is something you would take every day. Those do have an opioid component, whereas this injection does not. Okay. And was that difficult to set up? Um, not necessarily. I had ran the primary care and the addiction recovery clinic out of a small suite when I initially started and then eventually separated them out because it's just best 
to have the addiction recovery separate whenever we're seeing mamas with new babies and then you've got someone in active addiction in the same lobby. It's just <laughs> something that I always wanted to do is separate them out. But um, it's, there's no real, you just have to have a license, medical license to practice medicine and prescribe medications. There's some minimal training that goes into it, but it all boils down to your follow-up with those patients and your education with those patients we require that they do a counseling session once a week or be in intensive outpatient therapy along with the injection and uh, maintain a primary care provider, be it Maltman Medical or, or another one in our area, but they have to have a physical and make sure that their mental health medications are kept in check. Okay. And is that... Um... I don't know how to say this without being crass, but is it is it a big business? Like, is it uh, a profitable to your business to do something like this? Um, any ancillary service that you can add to your business is going to obviously bring in money. Um, some will argue, is the time and effort worth that added profit? And most will say no. Um, I personally was drawn to this medication when I was in school for my practitioner degree. I had worked with it with some of my clinicians that I was precepting under, fell in love with it. It changes people's lives. It, you know, people are, are having recovery of one in two years and have, have never been in recovery prior to receiving the injection. They just failed time and time again. So I always knew from the beginning that was something I did want to incorporate into my, my private practice because it is, I believe in the drug. It's a great drug. It's not a narcotic, one and done for the month, and it just cuts their cravings. And when you utilize that injection with counseling services and meetings and mental health medication management, it it just encompasses the addiction recovery patient. So do you provide the counseling services as well? Currently, we don't. Um, we did have a psych nurse practitioner for a short period of time, but right now we refer out to colleagues within the Knoxville and surrounding areas for those services. We, we work closely with a couple of the inpatient facilities here in Knoxville as well. Do you have trouble finding people to take on the clients? It depends. Really, everything boils back down to insurance or self-pay and who's taking new clients at the time. But we have a really uh, in-depth database that we utilize. So usually that's not a problem. Okay. Um, and is this something, is this a medication that insurance covers? Most insurances do. Um you know, Medicare does not. So um, there is an oral form of the medication, but again, you're back to the taking something daily to prevent you from using drugs or drinking alcohol. So it doesn't work quite as well, but um, there are some patient assistance programs through the company who developed Vivitrol, and we utilize that for our patients who are self-pay to get the, the drug covered for them. But coverage for commercial payers, it varies plan per plan. I mean, they could have a $25 out-of-pocket expense and the next fella will have an $800 copay. So it oh really just depends. <laughs> the medication's very expensive. It's about $1,500 a month. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, just the medications. Correct. Correct. Wow. Um, yeah. And that's unfortunate, especially if it works so well, like you would think all the insurances would want to cover that. Um, okay. So I am like fascinated. And I know this is only part <laughs> of your business, but I'm like fascinated by this topic. Um, so in terms of like the rest of your clinic, um, do you, how many uh, provide, is it just you or do you have more providers working with you? I currently have two other nurse practitioners who work with me. So we are a three provider clinic at this time. We just divide up uh, the patients amongst each other and one patient, one provider will see patients in the Vivitrol clinic usually once a week. Okay. So yeah, alternate. So you decided in 2016 to open this. Um, what did it entail uh, to, to get it up and running? Like, did you know exactly what to do? No, I had no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> my husband helps me quite a bit. He's good with uh, management of employees and the business aspect, financials. So um, startup funds, it was probably about $80,000, I think, to get all the equipment, beds, everything that we needed to open the practice. So that was the first hurdle is getting the Medicaid or getting the um, financials in, in order. And then finding a location because a, a lot of places that rent commercial property or lease it to, don't want to lease to somebody who's going to pop up a pill mill or, you know, do certain services. So we were kind of um, kicked to the curb a few times on a couple of buildings we looked at. And so that was definitely a hurdle. And then there's all of the state paperwork, getting your tax ID and getting uh, your articles of organization. The, those are time consuming, um, but relatively easy if you just follow the steps on, on the website. But that was a, definitely a hurdle as well. And then you had mentioned previously, we have to have a supervising physician. So again, another hurdle to get to before we could even open the doors and see patients. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, that's kind of scary too. So um, how did you get your first clients? Well, we developed a business plan over the course of about a month and a half um, while we were working on getting financials in place. And, you know, it, they always want to see your estimated value and, and what you're going to spend and what you estimate you're going to bring in so that they can ensure that you'll be profitable. So they'll give you the money. Um, so when we were developing that, it, it just it registered that. Um, what, I'm sorry, Katie, what back to your original question. What was that? Um, how did you get your first client? Okay, so marketing, we had to insert that into a section of our business plan. So we allotted a certain amount of dollars per month to advertise. And really, it was boots on the ground. And, you know, the little signs that you can hang or put in the grass that say, you know, looking for a, a provider call Maltman Medical and our number on it. Did that um, work? Believe it or not, it did. It did. And it's a very um, resourceful way to advertise your practice that is relatively cheap. So I would recommend that to anyone who opens 
a practice that they uh, they implement that because it does work. And going out and just letting people in the, the community know that you're here and what services you provide. And we held an open house and advertised that through colleagues that over the years that I had uh, become friendly with and invited everyone. And so it was it was definitely challenging, but the kick down signs or the yard signs are um, very effective. Very. <laughs> it's funny it, just because this conversation came up with my brother and I one time because uh, we saw a sign like that. My brother was like, who does that? You know, like, is that even effective? I'm like, it must be. I see them all over the place. So, you know, to hear you say it is, <laughs> it's awesome. I'll have to encourage more people to do that. <laughs> definitely. Um, so, okay, so you got your, um, did you have people waiting to um, start with you before you even open the doors? I'm sorry if you can hear that on your end. Um, <laughs> did I have people ready to, as far as employees? Well, I mean, like, uh, so did you have clients ready to, uh, like, was your calendar full the first day you opened? Oh, absolutely not. I didn't make any real money until year three. So the first year I was not profitable at all. Um, and it was just building that patient population. And we realized, okay, we've really got to market ourselves. And so um, in the second year, we decided to do a commercial ad, which was expensive, but effective. And in today's day and age, it, you know, it's kind of difficult to determine where to spend your marketing dollars because... Yeah. Everybody has streaming services and, you know, there's not a lot of folks who watch the evening news anymore. So, um, but it, it was effective. I, I would probably not recommend that um, as one of your top sources for marketing simply because they have to be in front of the TV on a specific channel at a specific time to see your ad. So it, I just found it to be less effective, but we started out patient schedule, probably four people a day for a good couple of months. And then it slowly started to, to build based on word of mouth and referrals. Okay. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you saying um, that you didn't make real money until year three, because I think that's kind of like a lot of people come into business very excited, enthusiastic, and they start to lose momentum. Like, cause it's, it's like a, this hose of money going out the door, especially in that first year. And it's just kind of like, when does the money come in? Um, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And it can be really uh, demoralizing not to have that money come in, but did you, had you built that into your kind of business plan, knowing that the first year was really going to be about setting up first and foremost? Yes. Um, we worked with the Small Business Association uh, SCORE program, S-C-O-R-E, and I would highly recommend that. I went in there, Katie, with my eight-page business plan thinking I was hot stuff, and they laughed at me because it was only eight pages. <laughs> I didn't have any uh, spreadsheet as far as financials and things like that in place, and they really assisted me in building that business plan up to reflect a three-year, five-year outlook so that I could get the financials in place to open the practice. Now, did you, do you accept insurance in your clinic? I do. Um, and I accept everything. 
So commercial plans, the marketplace plans, I accept Medicare as well as Medicaid, which is 10 care in our area. And we have a self-pay rate that's also affordable for our area. Okay. Uh, and was that difficult to set up? It is because a lot of, and, and I didn't know this prior to starting that, you know, you have to have your contracts in place with the the payers prior to seeing patients. They won't retroactively um, reimburse you. So we, you know, we lost money a lot in the beginning because we weren't contracted and I had no knowledge of that. This isn't something they teach you in school. So that's where I think your podcast is an excellent resource for nurses in general, but advanced practice nurses as well as giving them that beefing up that background of what you really need to open your eyes to prior to, to branching out. Yeah. And that's why, like, I love having guests like you that you're not like, I mean, you're just telling it how is it, how it is. You're not kind of like making it look <laughs> easy or simple or <laughs> it was no big deal. <laughs> um, okay. So the, uh, but you do take self-care patients as well. I do. Okay. And then Medicare, I mean, Medicare would retroactively pay you though, right? They will, um, but a lot of the commercial insurances will not, and um, Care says that they will, but that's not necessarily true with each payer under that umbrella, so um, it takes about three months to get all of your uh, applications, so they run your credentials, make sure you're legit, and verify your information and then they choose to approve or deny you a contract and that whole process I would say between 30 and 90 days for most of the payers okay so, so that's prior to seeing any patients if you're if you're looking to get paid so, so you, you want to do that sooner than later <laughs> Yes. And an important point, Katie, is that you have to have a physical address in place before you can apply for your. Oh, no. Yes. So you're paying out that lease money. Lucky for us, we had to do a little bit of a build out. So while they were working on that, I had the keys in hand. I had that physical address and could go ahead and start working on those contracts with the payers. But um, that's an important point to note. You can't just apply and use your home address because you're not going to be seeing patients from that address. Okay. Um, and how did your business do during COVID? Um, interestingly, we did okay. We offered a lot of the COVID services. So we did the antibody testing. We did the rapid uh, nasal swabs and the send out swabs. So that kept us pretty busy just on the sick side of things. Um, as far as our regular routine visits with patients, we were doing, we implemented a telemed during that time and uh, insurance covers those visits just as it would an in-office visit. And I think they're going to continue to do that even though COVID is kind of winding down uh, because it was so effective, especially for patients who don't drive and rely on ETHRA or CAC for their transportation. So it, it really it really was not as brutal as I had anticipated, just because we did implement the services that go along with COVID. And then once they offered the treatment, the um, immunologic 
treatment, the IV administration or injections, we also applied through the state and HHS to be able to administer that to the appropriate patients who tested COVID positive. So that kept us busy as well. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's like the one thing that um, I, you know, if there's a, a silver lining like that I appreciate about COVID is that it forced, you know, a lot of this stuff that should have been online in the first place. And it like pushed it five years into like one right. month. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all these things that didn't, you know, people didn't need to trek because we have people that come in. I've worked neurosurgery for 20 years and they had traveled two or three hours to come in to see the doctor for like two minutes. And it's right. like, this could have been done over one line. <laughs> like, this is done. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I love that, that part of it. Um, all right. So listen, um, what is your vision for your business? Like, do you see your practice growing? Do you like it the way it is? Um, or are there services that you want to add that uh, you haven't done yet? Well, I think our growth rate has been good overall. Um, we, we have a patient database of about 4,500 patients currently, and I definitely would like to expand the the Vivitrol program that we have. And we recently purchased a billboard with, with um, the Victory Treatment Program advertisement on it. And I think just letting people know that there's an additional service out there for addiction recovery besides an opiate component or a pill you have to take every day, that's that's pretty much what I would like to do is just expand that aspect of it and continue to to provide excellent care to the patients we have. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I've never heard of, of Vivitrol. Um, I mean, I'm just not in that space and I wouldn't even know to send somebody for that. So I'm glad to know that now. Um, all right, well, awesome. Well, if people are interested in learning more about you and your business, where can they go? They can go to our website. It's maltmanmedical.com. And that's M-A-L-T-M-A-N medical.com. All right, Stacy. Well, thank you so much for doing this podcast with us. No problem, Katie. I appreciate you having me as a guest. It's been great.